ladies and gentlemen, win, pod, repeat, coming at you, as always, Sam Anthony, Spencer Wellington, live from our apartments over Zencaster Zoom. Uh, we're having a great time. Uh, Red Sox, is Brian Bello Day. Spencer, how we feeling? Uh, well, we're losing right now, but uh, we're feeling good. I mean, it's nice to have guys like Brian Bayo uh, to fall back on when all of our rotation dies, which has happened over the last week. Um, By the way, we is, were it, down... is it really Brian Bayo that I just really just botched that? I didn't even look it up. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Uh, Dave O'Brien like corrected himself last night. It's all right. Okay. You haven't watched. It's okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. No, listen, um, it's been, you know, big, big thing. I get, you know, there's some shit going yeah, on. Yeah, you're too busy with the females. It's fine. Um, Absolutely. Listen, you know <laughs> Anyway. Uh, um, yeah, moving on. Yeah, so Michael Waka dead and Rich Hill dead after Whitlock and Nate already died. So um, we've been relying on Josh Winkowski and Connor Siebold and Cutter Crawford and Brian Bayo now. Um, but he's like a top, what, 50 prospect now? So yeah. you'd yeah. think that's pretty good. And he's skyrocketed up the rankings the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He looks, you know, he's got good stuff so far. He's getting some Ks. He's a little wild. That's going to happen in your first major league start at 23 years old. Um, but yeah. the other guys have all looked good. Like Winkowski, Siebold, um, and Cutter Crawford looked really good his last outing. So you got Sale making his final rehab start, supposedly, tonight. And, uh, you know, we might actually have a rotation that uh, we can lean on the rest of the way. Yeah, which, again, like, when we talk about – there are a lot of things that you can break down with what you said because there was a lot of good points. Um, But when you talk about, you know, how – in in you know the length of a 162 game season, you know when you jinxed Nate and he got hurt, you were like, oh, you know, like everyone's yeah, I definitely did so that. Far. Uh, we've had guys that have been able to step up, and especially, I mean, after the June the Red Sox had, I mean, there were a couple things. Obviously, Nick Pavetta being great was a huge part of that, and we'll talk about that later. But being able to call on guys like Josh Winkowski to have some pretty solid outings. I mean, I know Connor Siebold got you know, got crushed, got hit hard, but he was playing the Toronto Blue Jays with a very scary lineup. You know, again, seeing a guy like like Brian Bayo come out and, you know, he hasn't been blowing away stuff so far, but he's a guy that you, I mean, we should expect to be pretty good considering what we've seen from him in the minors, getting some starts under your belt. I mean, my favorite uh, Brian Bayo quote, by the way, is the, you know, I grew up, my, like, Pedro Martinez is my favorite player, but I want to be better than him. And, like, I'm just, like, like pump that into my veins. Like, let's go. Like, give it to me. Um, so, I love Very that. Sam so, Anthony energy. Yeah, absolutely. Ouch. Fuck yeah, it's Sam Anthony energy. Like, that's what I want from – like, think about it. Think about all the guys that I like uh, in baseball. It's all dudes that, like, like to go out and give those quotes. And Spencer's like, what are you doing? Shut up. Just throw the ball. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. So – like, out of these guys, right, this is this is a good starting point for this, you know. And we can even name guys that we haven't seen necessarily yet. But, like, who are you most excited for to see? Um, I think the guy with the most potential to, like, help this year is Siebold. Just watching his stuff play up against the, against the Blue Jays. Yeah, he got rocked. We talked about this last time. Um but like he's got good stuff. He's known for his command. He's still coming off an injury relatively recently. So um, I think he has like the most promising combination to go forward. 
Winkowski doesn't have like super exciting stuff. Um, and Brian Bayo, I think he's just like too young. I think like he will probably end up in the bullpen by the end of this year. You would hope that, you know, we have enough starters to make that happen and hope that he's like a, a bullpen weapon by the end of the year. But yeah, I think Seabold is kind of, is kind of my guy and that might be the hill that I die on the rest of the year. Listen, I, I love that. Um, I think, honestly, I didn't even think about that, bringing in Bayo as a um, reliever. Because, like, you know, again, you at this point, like, you know he can go the distance as a starter. You're not worried about innings. It's just getting him reps against major league hitting. Um, and if he's a guy that you but can go and... They kind of are worried about innings because he's thrown a lot so far. What's um, he got at? What's so he on? I think, I think as it comes towards the end of the year, they're going to want to limit him. Yeah. Uh, which might be a, a big reason he goes to the to the bullpen. Let's see. Yeah, 85 already. 14 starts, 15 games. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the most he's ever thrown in a minor league season was he threw 117 with uh, Greenville in 2019. Yep. And so, so he's that also was, already. you know, a pandemic away from throwing that. Like in 2020, he didn't throw. In 2021, he threw 95 point one innings so right like you said so and that's great i mean you know i think you talk about the red sox being better at developing pitching and that's probably one of the things that they've done a lot better is like take care of their arms i mean even even old arms i mean look at like how they've handled chris sale like would we love to see chris sale back faster but i think they understand being conservative with them because it matters more to have him in october than it does in june yeah so and sales raring to go yeah, exactly. So, like, and again, you know, honestly, this is a really interesting thought. Is you get a guy like Bayo in the bullpen, you get Whitlock back in the bullpen. Rest in peace, Hansel Robles, gone and probably forgotten forever. Uh, Hoping like to forget that. as soon as possible. Yeah. Listen, uh, and we're probably going to get more Hansel Robles-esque. I mean, not esque, but, like, those are the kind of moves I expect time to make at the trade deadline, like, Maybe they'll make a splash and get somebody big because they feel more competitive, but I think they'll, they'll probably make a few moves that are probably for smaller guys because for them it's going to be like, let's see who can come in and, and you know make an impact. Yeah, I mean, it'll probably be more like guys that they see traits that they think they can harness, yeah. which was mm-hmm. Robles last year and Austin yeah. Davis. And, you know, maybe you get lucky and it turns out like Clay Holmes, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, like, and for the most, like, you know, at the end of last season – the Red Sox were able to channel what was great about Hansel Robles. And he had that really great scoreless inning streak. Um, but even though it was terrifying every time he was out there, every time, every, like it was funny. Like, cause when the, the scoreless inning streak first started, I was like, he's had a scoreless inning streak. Cause it felt like yeah, it didn't game. feel like it. No, you were like, no way. And so, you know, that's hence, I think why, you know, eventually it came to an end was, you know, he was giving up the big home runs and blowing games for the Red Sox. And thank God. And, like, I, you know what I love? This is, like, the most low-key thing I've loved about this Red Sox recent run. We haven't even fucking heard anything about Matt Barnes. Like, not at all. Yeah. Like, there yeah, hasn't been, like, a, oh, he's, like, rehabbing. Like, they, he's just gone. He's, a, he's like, no, he's away dead. in, like, Matt Barnes land where they're, like, hoping he, like, finds that spark again and it's, like, magic. But I just... Yeah. Big I'm okay good. just, like... Not hearing about because like I swear to God if it hits like August or September and they start being like Matt Barnes might come back I'm gonna be like don't you fucking do it Heim 
you son of a bitch. Like, whew. yeah. So yeah, Brian yeah. Bayo is currently in the process of getting rocked, but it's okay. Yeah. Listen I, again, I like the attitude of, but it's okay. Cause that's how I feel about Connor Siebold. It's like, like if you gotta get him some starts, you know? Yeah. And if you think a guy's gonna go in and pitch like seven scoreless in his first day in his debut, like it's you're not how just, this works. It's not really yeah, exactly. So to all the Red Sox fans that are ready to like write off the like Brian Bayo after you know everyone begging for him, like it's like and again, like they're playing Tampa Bay, and I know Tampa Bay has struggled as of late, but like they're still the Rays, they're still a good competitive team. It's still a good lineup that's gonna like challenge you every hitter, yeah. you know? Yeah. By the way, can we just like briefly, and then we'll go back to talking about the Red Sox, um, talk about like how the Orioles have been like winning a shitload of games lately? Have been good lately? Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, first off, that's scary because like yeah, it's a little least, bit scary. Like, who do you who do you like who do you feel good about playing in that division? Nobody. Right, and plus, like, they're not actually good yet. Like, their roster isn't actually no. good yet, but they're playing well. Meanwhile, so, they have two top five prospects right now uh, with the new right. MLB.com update. Like, because Gunnar Henderson's just been shooting. Gunnar Henderson came out of nowhere. Yeah. Fucking it, love that. Unbelievable. Like, I, you know, and you know, Elias is going to just keep doing this because this is what they did with the Astros. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Not great. What was it when when I was at MLB Network? Um, I spent a lot of time working with. Uh, well, not a lot of time, but I spent some time working with the Cespedes Barbecue guys. Jake Mintz is a huge uh, Baltimore Orioles fan. And I just mm-hmm. remember when I first came in, I wasn't really familiar with the Orioles system. And I, like, made a comment about how their system shit. And, like, he, like, went off on me and, like, schooled me on how, like, the Orioles system is going to be great. And I was like, sure. Nice. Like, whatever. And, like, now, like, three years later, I'm like, holy shit. Damn, like, he was right. <laughs> oh, my God. This is scary. Like, uh, but again, the Red Sox system is good too. So it's not like I'm sitting here going, oh, the future's bleak and I don't feel good about it. I'm like, the Red Sox right. have some, some ballers coming up too. Like, the right. Aliens will be competitive for a very long time. It's going to be a dogfight, man. Yeah, for absolutely. years. When are we, when are we getting, well, but listen, again, what's very interesting is, you know, again, next year they're, they're redoing the schedule. So you're not playing mostly division opponents they're spreading it out so it's more of an even so that's going to be interesting too right so like that at least is a benefit for ALEs teams is like you're not really like having and with three wild card spots you're not necessarily like you know butting heads with like you could there could be four ALEs playoff teams like if you're all really good right because you're playing an even amount of opponents like you can get that yeah and you've seen with the Red Sox this year them dominating everyone but the AL East yeah, and struggling against the AL East, so you would exactly. think that's good for them going forward. Yeah. I would, um, I would think so. I think it's probably good for everybody in the AL East and bad for everybody in the AL Central. Like, yeah, you know? exactly. Like the Kansas City Royals and the Tigers. Oh man. So, which yeah, also it's gonna be a tough time for them. Here. I know we didn't. I know I didn't put this in the rundown, but we had a brief discussion about this today, and I feel like it's Red Sox related. Um, I mean, listen, I don't know what's going on with Eduardo Rodriguez. Like, it sounds like you know marital issues. Like that really sucks, but. Like as a fan, I'm like glad that I'm not that we didn't resign him because he's currently not in contact with the Detroit Tigers to the point where like they may just void his deal. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to judge his situation without Absolutely really not. knowing what's no. going on. Exactly. Except for like the fact that the thing that was a constant in his time in Boston was like an immaturity, you know? Yeah. And not contacting your team. Yeah, kind of reeks of 
and immaturity situations. Yeah. So because like because like obviously like we all go through stuff, but it's like I mean like again not to like simplify it, but like you know I can't just like leave and not notify my employer of right. where I'm going. Uh, you know they obviously you know gave him this leave of absence, which is really great. You know. But you still have to be like, hey, you know, this is where I'm at right now. Because, I mean, like, they did it with... Uh, an adult. With, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. like, this happened with Ben Zobris when he was going through his divorce where he he left baseball. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, he still came back. And, like, I mean, obviously, yeah, very interesting. Uh, the most interesting thing about that whole thing to me is the fact that they, they had an informal media session where they, like, addressed it, you know? It's like... That's to me the point where like they're trying to kind of like lay the groundwork of like he his contract might be void. Yeah, well, yeah, they're trying to gain some favor on their end of things. I think is probably what's happening. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that was that was it on that thought. Uh, we'll obviously see what happens. That's a very new and very developing story. Um, let me turn this mic down. Wow, that came off for a minute. Um, yeah, that came in. So, <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, obviously, probably the most important thing that we're going to talk about is the fact that, so, obviously, the Red Sox get finished playing the Tampa Bay Rays um, as we record this podcast on Wednesday night. Um, and this is, we're talking about a stretch, you know, more importantly, they play seven games against the Yankees before the All-Star break, which is right around the corner, starting on sure Thursday, four-game series. Um Yankees are obviously still significantly ahead of the Red Sox in the standings, but the Red Sox have been playing as good as the Yankees in this stretch. So this is, you're talking about potentially a game against the two hottest teams in the American League. Obviously the Red Sox, the last two series have not impressed. They haven't been what they were, but after the June that they had, you know, the bar is, you know, I still feel pretty good about this team. Um, the question is obviously is how important are these games against the Yankees? Because you could look at it two ways. You can look at it as you know, it doesn't matter because we could you know win five of seven and still be ten games back in the standings, or you could say, hey, this is the Red Sox chance to make a statement. So yeah, so which one is it? Um, yeah, I mean, I was just gonna say that statement part is these these games are not going to get us a division championship no. this year in most. You know, most likely scenarios. Um, but this is a chance to show you can compete with them. This is a chance to show that you are as good as them, that, you know, record doesn't necessarily mean how good your team is or how well you stack up against each other. Um, and, you know, like you said, they've stumbled a little bit lately. They've lost their last two series. They're out there down for nothing tonight, so it's not looking good in this one either. Um, so there's the fact of, competing against the Yankees, but we also need to keep up the pace with the Blue Jays and the Rays. It doesn't matter who we're playing, honestly. We need to keep winning games. So, you know, I think for both those reasons, it, they're important games. Yeah, I mean, this is this side of playing the, the Yankees for the rest of the season, because you're right. Like, I re- realistically don't think that the Red Sox will win the division. I mean, and realistically, statistically, probability-wise, like, they won't win the division. But I'm thinking, like, the way I'm thinking this is like, if I'm Alex Cora from a manager's perspective, what better way, not only to like boost team morale going into the all-star break, but then, you know, going into a potential playoff series against the Yankees, who are a team that if you're going to be competitive, you probably will have to see. 
Like, what better way to be like, we beat these motherfuckers in the regular season, and we can take it to these fuckers in the playoffs. I don't give a shit exactly. that they won 120 games. Like, they fucking, the Yankees lost to the Pirates last night. Like, let's remember that. Like, they did they lose did. to the Pittsburgh Pirates last night. Like, we have to let everybody know. Uh, so, they are, in fact, human. Like, before we sit here and sing the praises of the greatest team in the history of baseball, they are, in fact, a human team. Uh, they have been performing out of their fucking minds. But if the Red Sox, I mean, what this does for the Red Sox, but also a statement to the rest of the league, if the Red Sox go and win, you know, five of seven against the Yankees, like, that makes a statement to the rest of the league that the Yankees are beatable. And not only does it boost the Red Sox morale, but it probably sinks the Yankees a little bit. Yeah, and you would have to think it gets to their fans who, you know, for all the wins that they're piling up, their last postseason memory is the Red Sox beating them in the playoffs. Absolutely. So, you know, um, that has to be their main priority, their main thought process at this point is you can win as many games as you want in the regular season. That's never been what the Yankees are about. The Yankees have always been about championships and rings. And you can't win a championship or a ring if you can't get past the Red Sox in the playoffs. So. Yeah. Um, you know, we've said before this season, until that happens, we're going to shit on the Yankees and we don't give a shit how many games they've won. Yeah. Because I mean, listen, let also, let's talk about it. The last team to, to really do what, and like, I, I know that like the 20, the 2018 Red Sox were great. Uh, and they won 108 games, which is fucking incredible. Um, so you could argue they're the last team to go and, you know, really absolutely dominate an entire season. But to me, it's like when I think about a team that like is doing what the Yankees are doing, I think about the 2001 Seattle Mariners. Yep. But we all know what happened to the 2001 Seattle Mariners, which was they didn't get out of the fucking first round. And so that's, I mean, you know, if I'm Aaron Boone, that's what I'm reiterating to my team every fucking day. Um, But, you know, if if I'm Alex Cora is what I'm reiterating to my team every fucking day is like, once you get to the postseason, I mean, hell, you know, when you're playing, you know, like, I feel like every time I, you know, tweet something about the Red Sox record since May 10th on Twitter, like, you know, your pal Scott will be like, oh, like, I, I didn't realize the season started in May. But it's like, the the point of that is, is that, like, when you're looking at these fucking records, when these teams two play each other, like, there's so much more that goes into that. And these teams, you know, the Red Sox of now are so much different than the Red Sox of you know, April 15th, you know, of May Absolutely. 9th. Um, and just every facet. I mean, they just, I mean, I'm talking like energy. You're talking about the way they're playing. Like pieces are coming together. You got different guys coming up. I mean, hell man, I'm watching this game right now. It's 4-0, but you got two guys on. J.D. Martinez up. And I'm sitting here going, the Red Sox have a shot. If you had asked me that on May 8th, I would have been like, the game's already over. Like, no yeah, shot. Yeah, I mean, like, as soon as it was one nothing back in the beginning of May, it was like, okay, no shot. Yeah, because lead, it was before. over. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, it was it was done. But now it's like, okay, we got guys who can come back here. Like, we can, and we have, everyone's hitting. You know, at first it was just Bogarts and Devers and JD, and now everybody's going. Um, and, you know, the lineup may not be as flashy as the New York Yankees, but it fucking bangs as well as the New York Yankees. Wow. Nice. Like that quote? That was it. That was right uh-huh. there. They fucking, yep. fucking bangs, bro. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm excited for this. Like, well, to truth be told, I am going to see Thor tomorrow night, so I will not be Same. watching the game. 
but uh is way more important i mean like i don't want to say it's more important but like it's opening night yeah listen uh and you know listen the red sox will still be there and they'll be there on friday and saturday and and sunday night and i'll be there watching them. it's a four game series there's gonna be a lot of baseball absolutely we get a lot of baseball it's a long season like we gotta you gotta take a night off every once in a while go see boo you know Yep. Listen, they're not paying us to do this podcast, you know. Until that day, I'm gonna go see Thor on opening night. Yeah, I mean, open so. offer to anyone who does want to pay us to do this podcast. But until that absolutely time, sponsors, you know. like I mean, like I'm talking, like we have no bar for sponsors. Like if anyone wants to sponsor us, like <laughs> we'll whatever. take Ronald's napkins. You know? Absolutely, Ronald's napkins. Like if you're out there, if you hear us, like anything you want to pay us, like we'll do it. We'll literally, I'll literally wear like Ronald's napkins, like hat gear like i'll just like i'll be like this isn't a red sox podcast it's a ronald snapkins podcast where we have exactly. the red sox yeah mm-hmm. so we're, we're listen i'll be a sellout absolutely be a sellout that's that's it's <laughs> capitalism baby we love it yep yep uh, so, we'll, we'll take anything yeah so all right so moving on obviously this yankee series so wait sam I have, a, I have a question for you yeah is um is Alex Verdugo still back? Because I-, I haven't heard much from him lately. He's still back. I don't give a shit what you have to say about it. He's still back. He's still back. Interesting. Yeah. I was trying to find a, like a last five games or something like that, but I'm really bad at using stat heads still, and I, I don't have it. Listen, uh, we're going to we'll have some coaching sessions. That's where like at least I can beat you is I can pull up some fast stats. And um, yeah. Listen, you want me to – I can I literally watch – Give me 10 seconds and I'll have a point. I don't know, like, where to go. I need, like... You literally go. Oh, wait, you literally wait, wait, wait. go. You gotta go to the game logs, bro. No, I want, like, a split, like, over the last five games. This is gonna be great content for the podcast. Yeah, you want split over... You want it... Yeah, you can do spans in the last five games on game logs. Yeah, where's the span thing? So, all right, I'm giving you the numbers now. I'll coach you up after. Uh, he is hitting 273 in his last five games, so eat it. Uh, two extra base hits. Wow, uh, 275? Wow, that's amazing. Hey, listen, you're acting like he's he's terrible, and it's a five-game... Small sample size, well, Spencer. I, I just heard that he was going to bat 300, and if he's batting a lot lower than 300, then he has to bat a lot higher than 300 going forward. I'm just well, saying. For the record, uh, he is, in fact, on a 14-game hitting streak at the moment where he's hitting 357. Wow. Cool. So he's back. So he's back. Listen, three fifty-seven. This is a nine thirty-seven OPS. It's pretty good. That's that's, that's uh good. That's Alex Verdugo's back material. Yeah, but like he was back, and then I don't, I don't know if he's back now. He's been back. He's still back. Yeah, I mean, he's I guess back. over his last seven games, he has a three thirty-three batting average. That's pretty good. We'll Listen, see where it goes. Uh, I'm just checking in. He's back. Listen, he's got a positive war now. He's at point two, according to baseball. Oh my god, it's about damn time. Listen, uh, but he's but he, that's that's when he crossed the threshold. That's when he became back. So <laughs> back to being a point two war player. Nope, this is it. We're talking. We're talking a, a two three war season Verdugo. from my guy Alex Verdugo. No faith. Listen, uh, when Alex Verdugo's doing clutch things in the playoffs and he becomes a Red Sox postseason legend, um, you are not allowed to celebrate it. Like you have you to know, like. Ed, I'm, sit in I'm coming up with a new take, like as we speak. All right, here's the new oh, take. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, 
Alex Verdugo, Andrew Benintendi, same guy. But like you act like Andrew Benintendi, like like everyone wants Andrew Benintendi right now. You act like it's a bad thing. No, no, he's not. He's like the most average left fielder you've ever seen, and everybody Andrew thinks he's good. Andrew Benintendi's the big thing right now. There's like seven teams that want him in the trade. What do you have? Like a good first half? Wow! Congratulations, he's, he's done that he's like great. four times, and then he ends up being like a two-war player every time. I I really won't stand for the Andrew Benintendi slander either. I'm gonna be honest with you. No, I will slander Andrew Benintendi. He no. caught the ball in the ALCS in 2018, and then he didn't do shit after that. Listen, he he went through some hard times, but he's also back. Him and Alex Verdugo. You're right. They're the same because they're both back. Okay. <laughs> Listen, you tried. You tried, but your take is no longer accepted in these parts. You just so, agreed that they're the same guy, so I don't. I did, but but they're but like in a good way. Like you were saying it in a bad way. Okay, I didn't say what way. I just said they're the same guy. No, you said like as in they're both average, and I'm like no, they're both back, which is different. So, all right, Andrew Benintendi in 2019 a 100 WRC plus, perfectly average. Like I said last year, 2021 a 106 WRC plus, just slightly above average basically what I said. This year, so far, he has a 125 WRC+. plus. That's a good first half. I will guarantee we can put a bet on it. He ends up under a 110 WRC+, plus because he's going to go back to average. That's what he does. All right, so so hear me out. What are we doing for this bet? Yep. Because I already know. So if if he ends up being... like we need, I need a threshold, because if he ends up... Like, I think you're supporting him because you have his jersey. I think that's what's happening here. No, I mean, I do, in fact, have the jersey, but he is, in fact, back. Yeah, I know. For Dugo. Um, but I'm, all I'm saying is that if he finishes above average, um, I'm going to buy you a Alex Verdugo. I, I just said he's going to finish below 110, so that's still above average. But Okay, so okay, so if he finishes above 110, uh, yep. I'm going to buy an a WRC for, plus. Uh, Alex Verdugo. Yeah, WRC+. Plus. Uh, I'm going to mm-hmm. buy an Alex Verdugo 99 chain and mail it to you. Okay. And you have to wear it on podcast. Okay. Okay, that's easy. Yeah. You're buying it? That's like, it. okay. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm purchasing it. You're going to have to wear it. So, and I'm going to I'm going to plaster it all over the Twitter page that Spencer bigot big time. I don't know. I Alex feel like we Verdugo should do that like if Alex Verdugo finished his like That's fine. Below something. I don't know. Like he's down still at like the What's, he at? what's his, yeah, what's his WRC like plus at right now? I don't know. It's pretty low probably. Listen. No faith. No support, my guy. All right, pulling it up. I'm just stating we facts. We don't have a crackpot research team, so we have to we have to do all the research ourselves here at Windpod Repeat. Yeah, we need those guys from like Fantasy Focus. That'd be helpful. Yeah, just like in our ear, absolutely. Get the oh, Stata Pillar right. on here. Yes. Oh, yeah, he's got a 92. Wow, congratulations. Okay, so what are we what are we putting at it? What's the threshold for Alex Verdugo? Is it above 100? For Alex Verdugo, I'll do 100. Yeah. Okay, if he finishes above 100. Uh, and we do then, that. Yes. Then we do yeah. the chain. Okay. Great. Okay. I'm glad we glad we could work this out. I'm very excited uh, since he is since he's back. So, um, but yeah. Okay. So moving on. That bet is in place. Very <laughs> excited. Um, one final topic before we we sign off for today. Um, you know, I said I was worried about the length of this podcast, but we're almost at 30 minutes, so we we've, we've been pretty yeah. good. That's for Duke. Yes, enough. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, we've been we're we're pros at this point. We can talk about it forever. So. That's true. But we're waiting on our sponsorship. So, but yeah, uh, obviously, some of the things that are talk we're talking about in in injury news is the potential return of 
Chris Sale of Nate Evaldi, and then uh, eventually Garrett Whitlock. Um, Garrett Whitlock will be going back to the bullpen. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Thank God. And then Nate, Nate Evaldi, who was great before his injury, and Chris Sale, who has not pitched yet this year. But my question to you, Spencer, is I'm putting you on the spot here. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much more confidence do you have in this team with those three guys back pitching for the Red Sox? 10. 10 more 10? confidence. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's almost, I don't know, like I don't even know who to assign the most value to because like I want to put the value on Nate, but then like you know like what Chris Sale is capable of and then you know like what Whitlock did last year in the bullpen. So it's like all three of them provide immense value when they're back. Yeah. Um, especially since we don't have like one, even one guy. Well, okay, we have Shriver. So yeah. we don't have two guys. We don't have a second guy in the bullpen we have any trust in. Yeah. Um, so, oh, I guess Hauk a little bit, but like not that much. I don't know. I'm, I'm un- not yet. Unsold. Like Hauk is fine, but like he, yeah, like, I mean, he's been in some jams. Like we're being realistic. Like, I mean, out of everyone in that bullpen, he's probably the guy that I have the most confidence in to close right now. Like Schreiber's been amazing, but I haven't seen right. him in like a, a lot of, you know, closing situations. He's been in some high leverage situations, but. Um, yeah, I kind of forgot Hauk existed for a minute there. Haven't seen him lately. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, um, if we have Hauk, Schreiber, Whitlock, you put Bayo in there at some point. Um, yeah. Now we're cooking gas. You, so yeah, listen, go trade for like a David Robertson, and like all of a sudden, like that bullpen becomes pretty formidable. Yeah. So I mean, all listen, of a sudden they're dangerous. Yeah, Chris Sale, I I would say makes me the most nervous. Like I think Nate will come back and be Nate. Um, I think Whitlock coming back to the bullpen is probably what I'm most excited for because, like you said, like. Not only can, you know, does it allow the Red Sox to go back to, you know, having somebody they can trust in the bullpen. It also allows Alex Core to go back to, we don't need every pitcher to go seven innings because we can yeah. bring in a Garrett Whitlock to eat three innings. Um, which, again, like, having that, like, there's just, like, I know, obviously, you want your best pitchers pitching the most innings, and that's why you want to move Garrett Whitlock to a starter because you want to get the most out of him. But, like... At this point in time, like I think the most effective way to get a lot out of Garrett Whitlock without, you know, wasting what he has is to have him do those multi-inning relief efforts that really, you know, were his bread and butter last year. You know, um, it just like it makes too much sense to me. Yeah, it's uh, it's reassuring to hear we miss that presence in the bullpen for sure. So mm-hmm. It's just gonna be nice to like have a lead in the sixth inning and feel like okay, this game's locked down. You know, yeah, uh, we haven't had that this whole season basically since Whitlock moved the rotation. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I know, like, obviously, with like, you know, pe- baseball fans in particular really like to go to the numbers on things. And I know that like Chris Sale wasn't like blow away amazing like vintage Chris Sale last year, but like listening to his interviews in Portland and in Worcester. And, like, how much he's missed being there. And it almost feels like he's, like, revitalized to, like, be getting... Because, like, you know, when you do it for so long and you it's there and you never thought you were going to lose it, like, you might lose your love for a little bit. But, like, the fact that he's really had almost two years without baseball, I'm really excited to see, like, a reinvigorated Chris Sale. Because I just feel like, like that first game back, like, I mean, we talk about, like, 
you know, dampening and, you know, tapering expectations for a return, I'm going to be so fucking excited for this return because, you know, I just think he's just going to want to go and just strike everybody the fuck out. Uh, and so, you know, you get that. I mean, you talk about, you know, again, I think, stat, you know, obviously starting pitching-wise, having him in the rotation and having him be vintage Chris Sale is great. But I think having the energy, I mean, again, he was the guy in 2018 who, you know, told everyone to, you know, get it the fuck together. And the Red Sox went and won the fucking World Series. Like, I want that Chris Sale back in my locker room. I want him back in the dugout because I think that makes everybody else better. I think having, I think that makes guys like Brian Bayo better. I think that makes guys like Garrett Whitlock better. I think it makes all these young guys who we want to see be better. Uh, and so I think, you know, you talk about, you know, all these guys being huge contributors. I think that might be the thing that we're not talking about enough with Chris Sale, just having a guy like that. Because like, even, you know, the guys that have been with Chris Sale in rehab have talked about how great it's been to like work with Chris Sale and talk with Chris Sale about pitching. And so, yeah, I mean, I think the dude's going to come back and he's going to ball. So did Chris Sale start games for us in the playoffs last year or no? Like, I don't even remember at this point. I remember him coming back last year, and then... Oh, yeah, I guess he did. I'm looking at it right now. He had, oh, he got lit up against the Rays. Yeah. And then it looks like he was, like, okay against the Astros. Yeah. I totally forgot so about like that. Leached it from, yeah. So, yeah, he had one... Yeah, he had two starts for eight innings against the Astros. Yeah. three three eighty right? Which was good. Yeah, he got blown the fuck up against Tampa Bay. I forgot about that. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, they, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, for the Red Sox, you know, more options are always going to be better too. I mean, that's always going to be the thing that you like to see. So, and at least mm-hmm. for the Red Sox, you know, you talk about in the dog days of summer, teams that are getting hurt and like start losing guys, the Red Sox, you know, you're, what's cool is you're going to get Chris Sale back in theory, you know, potentially next week and then go into the all-star break getting one start from him and then getting that extended period of time for him to recover, go back and do it again. Um, and hopefully you can hit the ground running with these guys and, you know, through the back half of the season, uh, go and, you know, I, for the Red Sox, like you said, you know, division, not realistic, but if they can hit the ground running out of the all-star break and put themselves in comfortable position in that first wild card, that's where you want to be so that, you know, it's not like last year, where you have to win the last game of the season to get into the playoffs, because then you can maybe rest some guys or you can try some new things or get creative because you obviously know you're going to be, I mean, I know people at the beginning of the year were like the American league's not great because, you know, teams like the Red Sox weren't great and wasn't expected. And, you know, there was some national, but I, I think the American league's dangerous. Like I think there's a lot of teams that are, I mean, Again, we saw Toronto. Toronto is dangerous. The Astros are dangerous. The Yankees are dangerous. The Red Sox are. Even fucking Tampa Bay, man. You can't ever count the fucking Rays out, dog. Can't count so, the Rays. Yeah, absolutely can't count the Rays. The Minnesota Twins have been fucking hot lately. You know, like Carlos Correa is going to be with them, a guy with a ton of playoff experience for a team that really needs that because they don't have any. You know, potentially a healthy Byron Buxton. Uh, so being able to be in a position where you're in control of those teams is great. It's really great. And you can set yourself up well going into the postseason. Yeah. Comfortably taking the top wild card spot is all I'm asking for. Yeah. That's it. And I would be, and that's a good season for me. That's a great season for me. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So, especially after the way the first month started, like to go and, you know, I look at, I mean, look at the fucking nationals when they won, you know, they get a wild card spot after, you know, a first terrible, you know, month and a half was the same deal as the fucking Red Sox where up until mid-May, the nationals were terrible. And then they ran the table, got a wild card. And, you know, what's interesting is like, I'll be interested to see if, you know, this happened with the Red Sox, but like the narrative when the rate, when the nationals won the world series in 19 was like. Going in, like a lot of analysts picked the Nationals. Like they were like, "Don't count this team out because you know." Yeah, they're a good team. A lot of teams. Yeah, exactly. When you you know when you have Juan Soto and you have Steven Strasburg pitching out of his mind and uh, again, Scherzer. Yeah, you know, in, you know, it's very interesting actually the similarities between those teams because a team with a really great offense. I mean, you had Soto, Rendon. Uh, you know, fucking uh, Ryan Zimmerman. Like Gerardo Parra, you know, legend Gerardo Parra. The baby shark, absolutely. I have my baby shark shirt, so yes, absolutely. Um, and then they had really good starting pitching and just the worst fucking bullpen. And then they yeah, got to the first season, and they were like, we're just going to lean on our, our guys that we can trust. And they got creative, and they won the World Series. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's the other thing to consider, too. It's like, you know, you may have – all these really great things, but for the Red Sox, if you consolidate what they have at their core and those guys are healthy, scary ass fucking baseball team, folks. Scary. Look out. So, watch out, folks. So well, all right, Spencer. Um listen, did I did I did we miss anything? Is there anything else we need to discuss before we, we wrap it up here? Nah, I think we got so, it all. But you know, I hope you I hope you had a great Go time Sox. doing this podcast. Go Sox. I had a great time making this podcast. Um, let's do it again next week, right? We made an important bet. Um, we so did. that was good to put that in place. And, uh, it's, it's, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't we think, I don't know what I'm winning. I think we feel, I think we need to figure that out. Um, we do, but, right. uh, it's all right. Well, we'll get to that, but all we need to know yeah. is Alex Rodriguez back and Andrew, Andrew Benintendi's back. Sure. We'll go with that. So, um, and Winpod repeat is back next week. Tune in. Thanks everybody for listening. And, uh, Yeah, go Sox.